Hi, welcome back to the As You Are podcast. This is week two of our anxiety series where we got to interview a licensed counselor named Alice. Our founding member, the lovely Virginia Adair, joined us for that interview. Yeah, we learned that if you're struggling with anxiety, you are not alone. So settle in. This is so good. Y'all, I cannot tell you how helpful this podcast has been for me. And I've been to counseling before <laughs> about anxiety. So Yes, it's so good. If you start listening now, it won't make sense. So go back True. to part one, everybody. <laughs> yeah, this is part two. So go back to part one and listen to that. Honestly, Alice did such a good job. Yes. She gave really helpful advice on how to manage these feelings of anxiety or moments of feeling anxious in all different areas of our life and how to lean on our faith in those moments too. So she was so helpful. I thought Virginia did such an amazing mm-hmm. job interviewing her. Yeah. And I'm really excited to say that we are going to be interviewing Virginia as well as all of the other founding members of As You Are in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. But before we get started today, I just wanted to give the most brief recap of what we talked about last week with Alice because I want you to go back and listen to it. But if you're picking up this week and you kind of forgot what we talked about last week, I got your back. Okay, I'm reading back through my notes. This is why you should take notes. But the first thing that she told us is that she still feels like a college student. So these feelings are not necessarily going to go away. I'm like 10 years maybe more. I don't know. I'm not going to give it away. Out of college. And sometimes I still feel like a college student too. She also said that post-COVID anxiety in college students has gone from 30% of college students who struggle with anxiety to 60% of college students are struggling Mm -hmm. with some type of anxiety. Yeah. So that is a huge percentage. If you've been struggling with feeling anxious, see, you're not alone. Yes. Another helpful thing that she mentioned was that they've been able to narrow down these four categories of things, situations that are definitely going to cause anxiety for any person. This is just stressful for the brain. One, new, familiar, unpredictable situations. Two, unclear expectations. Three, fear of failure. And four, expecting something unpleasant or dreading something unpleasant. Yeah. So... If something falls into those categories, it's going to cause you anxiety. She gave really helpful tips on how to manage that. Next, we talked about FOMO and that it happens because we have forgotten how to be in our present moment. God wants to be with you in this present moment. He doesn't want you to worry about tomorrow. He wants you to be available to the ways that he wants to move in your life and the ways that he's going to take care of you. And that happens through a renewal of our mind as we continue to trust Jesus. The last thing that she said is that anxiety is focusing our attention on the wrong day. God is present with us here. Focus on today. So that's where we're going to pick up. Yeah. And we're going to hear Virginia's response to her saying that. So I'm excited for today. Here we go. Yeah. And that's so hard to do in college because, I mean, culture is pushing you to think about the next thing. They're like, okay, you get to a Thursday, you have a swap tonight. Okay. Now what are we doing Friday night? What are we doing Saturday? Have you studied for your test on Monday? Like it's constantly cultures pushing us to think about the next thing. And then if we're not doing something in that present moment, we're, you know, we're doing it wrong. Um, and this is a little bit of a topic switch, but I think is something that's so important. And just speaking of how anxiety takes root of our lives and doesn't let us live in the present moment is I feel like friendships just come into so much more big of a play in college because you know, in high school, you had your families, you had your close knit group of friends. Like, and I went away to college four and a half hours, you know, didn't know a soul in Athens. And 
for me, I'm like those friends like became my family. And those are the people that, I mean, they still like have been just such great influences on my life. And I think for me, friendships were just so important and I've always known community is important, but it just came into like way bigger of a play in college, but there's so much anxiety that surrounds that. And I think it freshmen get a lot of air time for anxiety around friendships, but like each year it changes and it gets, I mean, junior year, like, okay, well, are these gonna be the friends for the rest of my life? Senior year, you're like, okay, I got to go get a job, but I still want good friends. And so it is so prevalent every four years. And I think there's a lot of anxiety around, am I being a good friend? Like to others, what friendships do I want to pursue? Am I in the right friend group? Am I in the wrong friend group? And having that constant thought process of thinking towards like the next friend or thinking on past relationships, it makes us think so much about ourselves. And so then I think anxiety and friendships can hold us back from loving others well, because we are so worried about ourselves. One, have you seen this in friendships? And then two, what are ways that we can let go of our anxiety about this so we can cultivate good friendships in college? Yeah. And I mean, Virginia, I don't think it changes. You know, I wish that I could tell you that I thought it it changed when you got out of college or when you got married or when you had a kid or whatever, but I don't, I don't think it does. And I think that, I think that's because God created us to be in community. I think that we were built. I think that that's the nature of the church. It's a community of believers you know, I think that that's why we were given families because we're in a community, you know, I mean, I think the Lord specifically designed us to desire relationships and friendships. So even, even when you get old, then you're still going to want those friends and you're still going to mm-hmm. have those feelings of FOMO. You're still going to have like that stuff just doesn't change, you know? And so it's recognizing that and saying, okay, I know this for myself. What are some of the healthy friendships that that build me up and don't make me feel more insecure about myself? So I would encourage you to evaluate those relationships, the ones that are more life-giving to you. Um, And I'm not saying don't be friends with certain people, but there are levels of different friendships. You know, I, I think about it like a bullseye. And in that inner circle of friends, that inner circle of the bullseye is actually quite small. There's not a whole lot of room for a ton of people in that inner sanctum, right? And those need to be your people, the ones that you do talk to when you're anxious. And eventually that will become your husband, maybe one or two really good friends, you know? But when you're in college, you need to have a couple of people in that inner core circle. And then that next ring of the bullseye is bigger. And so there's more room for those friends in there and so you can have just casual friends and fun friends. And then there's an even bigger ring of friends, which maybe that's high school people that you haven't talked to in, in five years, but you're still happy to say hello to or, you know, get a random text from. But I don't think that I don't think that our culture has done a good job, especially our Christian culture in delineating between different levels of friendships. I think girls in particular, Christian girls feel like we have to be everything to everybody. Yeah. That we have to have the same depth of friendship with one person that we have to another. And it's exhausting. And that's not how we were created. That's not how the Lord designed it to be. So choose your friends, choose those people who are gonna be your core people and really let yourself talk with them, encourage them, pray with them. Let those be the ones that you really count on and then enjoy those other relationships, but don't necessarily invest the same amount of time 
or effort or energy or emotional capacity in those that you would in that core group. All right. Now, I also, I also encourage people who are struggling with anxiety to set up, this is going to sound super cheesy, so don't judge me, but I encourage people to set up what I call a worry time. All right. Anxiety by nature is going to infiltrate every single aspect of your life if you let it. It will do it. So you will be sitting in class and you will still be anxious about something else. You will be at a date party and you're still going to be anxious about something else. If you don't put a fence around your anxiety, it will take over your life. So I encourage people to set up a worry time. All right. Maybe that's from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. every single day. And that's the time that you go off by yourself. You can take your journal. You can go for a walk. You can do whatever it is. But in that time frame, that is the only time you are allowed to worry. Worry well, but worry once. Yeah. All right. And so let yourself have that time to work through it, pray about it, worry, cry, get upset, do whatever you need to do. But when that worry time is up, that's you're done. All right. And you're coming back to, I'm going to take my thoughts captive. I'm going to have other things that I'm going to say and do. I need to get out of this situation and change scenery to cut off that anxiety, have a, a separation ritual, but have a certain structure to your anxiety because anxiety feels out of control. And by setting up a worry time, you're taking back that control that feels like anxiety has taken away from you. Yeah, for sure. And I love what you said about like, it will infiltrate every aspect of our lives if we let it. And I think just going back to community and friendships that are so important in college, like the enemy wants us to be alone. He wants us to think that we all are alone in this and that we have no friends and no community when that is just so not the truth. And he's just going to use our anxiety to try and get us alone. Yes. Um, Yeah. I think that was like my biggest thing in college of just like, friendships are so important. They're such a gift from the Lord. And, you know, the Lord like wants us to live in community. Like that's, I think one of his biggest gifts to us and anxiety will take that if you let it. That's why FOMO is such a big deal. If you're hitting it right on because we were built to be in community. When we see it feels like everybody else is in community, it feels even more isolating and lonely. And you know, we've promised, we've been promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. We are never, ever, ever, ever alone, ever. So even though, I mean, like, I can't begin to tell you, like, I truly remember, I have a vivid memory. <laughs> I'm going to date myself when I tell you all this. I have a vivid <laughs> memory of being in college, okay, in my dorm room, my freshman year, all right? And I remember it was a Friday night and I felt like my whole hall was empty. All right. I was literally like the only person in my room and I'm listening. Do y'all remember the band Heart? There's no way that y'all remember this. All right. I don't think I do. I do. They sing a song called Love Hurts. All right. (laughs) Love Hurts. hurts. Whatever. All right. I'm in my dorm room at Auburn. Friday night by myself, listening to heart, like crying my eyes out. (laughs) I don't have any friends. Everybody else has, no, this was before social media. All right. So we can't even blame social media on that. And so I think that that's the nature of, of FOMO. And that's what starts building these seeds of anxiety. And if we're going to handle those, we got to get down to the root of that seed, you know? Yeah. 
you got to say, okay, what are some truths, girl? Like turn that music off. That is not helping your case at all. Get up, go call somebody, go FaceTime a friend, go do something for somebody else. Go to Target and walk around if you want to, but get out because that is not helping your case, you know? Yes. We like to leave the girls with like, hey, here's some practical ways to help or just like, combat anxiety do you have any suggestions or I'm sure you do but we would love to hear from you on that like (laughs) what are some practical steps well I think I think what I would love to leave you with and and the girls listening I want you to understand the nature of anxiety because I think that anxiety gets it's such a word that's thrown around easily that it's very common but I don't think a ton of people know exactly why we have anxiety. My goal would be for our listeners to not have to fear or feel like they have to constantly be at war with their anxiety. And I know that mm-hmm. sounds crazy, but we can be friends with our anxiety. You can actually be friends with your anxiety, make friends, make peace with it, okay? And we do that by understanding it. So anxiety happens because there is a little tiny part of our brain called our amygdala, all right? It's about the size of an almond. And it is the emotion center of our brain, all right? It is there to keep you safe. That is its job, all right? And so the Lord has given us that part of our brain So that if we are in a scary situation, if you are being chased by a crazy dog or there's a creepy dude following behind you, your amygdala is automatically going to react, all right, and send everything your body needs in order to keep you safe. It is going to help release oxygen, adrenaline, and hormones whatever you need in order to fight or flight. That's where this comes from, all right? So that's your amygdala's whole job. Now, here's the kicker. Your amygdala is a thinker, not is a doer, not a thinker, all right? Your amygdala is a doer and not a thinker. So it doesn't take the time to assess a situation to recognize, is this really a dangerous situation or is this just a pre-cal test and I hate it and it sucks, but I'm going to make it through. Your amygdala doesn't care. All right. It's just going to go and freak out. Okay. It's just automatically going to go there. Okay. And so what we have to do is understand the nature of anxiety is your body is actually doing exactly what God designed it to do. It's just happening at the wrong time. Yeah. So anxiety and understanding and really being able, the practical tools are first knowing, okay, I know what this is. I know that my body is doing something that I'm glad it's there because, you know, when the creepy dude is is there, we want your amygdala to freak out and, you know, help you out. But we got to slow down a little bit and say, "Mm, is this really a scary situation or not? All right. Now, here's the thing. When your when your amygdala releases that oxygen, adrenaline and hormones to help you fight or flight, it affects every part of your body, all right? So your breathing starts going from ah, just a normal casual breathing to 
right? Those short, fast breaths. And the reason it's doing that is because your brain has told your body to stop using that oxygen for breathing, but to send it to your muscles so that you can fight or flight. That's why your breathing changes. Sometimes people feel kind of dizzy or or they get confused. Well, that's because the oxygen has built up in the brain and your carbon dioxide has dropped. So you're gonna, some people get headaches or feel kind of off, right? Well, that's why, once again, your body is doing what it's supposed to do. Your heart starts beating faster, right? Feels kind of racing and like it's going boom, 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 boom. Well, that's because it's pumping that oxygen and adrenaline all around your body to fuel your arms and your legs. They get kind of tingly or your palms can get sweaty when you're anxious, right? That's because you're sweating more to cool your body down if you have to fight or flight. It's a God-given response to help you deal with that, you know? I think probably one of the most common ones that I hear is when people feel anxious that they get sick to their stomach. They feel pukey or they get butterflies in their stomach, right? Well, let's talk about that because when anxiety, when your amygdala releases all of that stuff to help you fight or flight, your digestive system literally shuts off because your body has decided it is way more important to fuel your arms and your legs than it is to chew up your lunch. So your digestive system has shut off, which is why you feel anxious or pukey or butterflies or whatever. So I want to leave you with the knowledge that anxiety is not a bad thing. God gave us this anxiety in order to keep us safe. But what we have to recognize is your body is doing what it's supposed to do. You don't have to be angry at it or fight with it, but you can say, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to recognize this is what's happening in my body. I don't have to be scared of it anymore. I know what's happening. And now I can say, okay, if my breathing is short and fast, I need to take some deep breaths. I need to go in and out and in and out. So I'm going to get my body back to equilibrium. So if you sit with all of this adrenaline and oxygen building up in your body, it feels horrible. It truly feels horrible, which is why when people are exercising, they're not anxious anymore, right? Because you're naturally just burning off all of the adrenaline and stuff that has built up in your body. All right. So Having a big picture view of understanding God gave us this, this is a good thing, right? But sometimes it's a good thing that went wrong. And so Mm -hmm. when it goes wrong, we need to come inside ourselves, see what's going on, ask the Lord, hey, where can I, where can I improve this? Where can I do better in here? What can I tell myself? But then also get out, go exercise, go for a walk, get out of your head right? Practice your breathing, you know, all of those kind of techniques that help get your body back to equilibrium. Alice, I cannot tell you how helpful all of this is. I've had anxiety for my entire life, but I started 
really struggling with it in college, especially freshman year. And it just has carried on through the rest of my life. I have been taking notes over here so that I can post them so the girls can have all these things to visualize as well. But one thing that I wanted to ask, a last question, sure. because I think this is important. Well, I recently got on anxiety medicine. I take Lexapro, just like a small dose. But at what point would you recommend as a counselor actually seeking medicine or seeking help? How can we know when we need help or when somebody else we love might need help? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm happy to answer that. So there's not a right or wrong answer to that because every person is different and every threshold for that person is different. But the kind of the litmus test that we use is, is this interfering with your daily life? And when you can say, okay, I'm not able to study anymore because my anxiety is so big. I am, my, my grades are dropping. My relationships are, are falling apart. I don't want to go out anymore. My eating has changed. My sleeping has changed. You know, those are kind of the, the tests that, okay, maybe it's time that we, I mean, I think it's great to go talk to somebody anyway, you know, and having another, a professional's ear and eye can also be super helpful in deciding if medicine is right for you, Yeah, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but for me, I am, I am not going to encourage somebody to take medicine if I know that they're not already exercising and doing some of the, going to sleep at a decent time. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it because to me, there's a lifestyle component to this that can be even more effective and helpful than medication. There's a total time and a place God has given us medication, not against meds. But I think it's got to be a both and. Yes, I totally agree with that. For years, the things that helped me so much were taking a daily walk, limiting my coffee, even though it's just so delicious and soothing. But the caffeine always made me a little bit more anxious. And I also did a morning prayer journal. It just helped me. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of like that worry time that you're talking about because I was only able to do it in the morning and then the rest of the day, I sort of had that off my chest. But if anyone out there listening feels like you need help and you're not really able to manage your day-to-day life because of your anxiety, I highly recommend talking to a professional and medicine has been really helpful for me. It's sort of changed my life. So... I definitely think that the stigma around it can be scary and it can be intimidating to go to counseling. It can be intimidating to try medication. But like Alice said, it's a resource to manage the things that we can't on our own. So please reach out. You can either DM us or send us an email at asyouareteam at gmail.com. We can help get you connected with an awesome Christian counselor in your area. But anyway, I'm so grateful for today, Alice. Virginia and Anna, do you have any more questions or thoughts for Alice before we go? Um, I think I asked my my one of my main questions about just like some practical takeaways. Truly everything you've said, I've been like, yes, yes, this is so good. Such a great reminder too. I mean, like I've, you know, been dealing with this for 10 years and each stage of life, yeah. I'm like, I want to hear it again. You know, I want to get down it's to the so basics true. and I think I needed to be reminded of all of this. And I think you've just really like normalized anxiety in a great way, like made it not feel so scary. Like anxiety is such a scary word, I think, has become that in our culture. And it doesn't need to be like hearing you talk about it is like, it's, it's normal. It's okay. You're not like that fight or flight mode that you're talking about us when we get in that. 
it feels so scary and overwhelming, but hearing you talk through like, okay, go for a walk, like try and get that level back down your heart rate. I, I have felt that in my own life when I feel anxious, I'm like, I go for a run and I don't know why, but you've explained why, like when I start feeling anxious, I try and go for a run or walk or whatever. And hearing you be like, oh, that's, that's why that it's literally helping my brain. So well, Thank it you is so much. Just knowing that anxiety, it's not a bad thing, you know? I mean, truly, yeah. we need anxiety in short bursts. We were created to have that, you know? I mean, you think about professional athletes, they thrive on that initial burst of, of anxiety mm-hmm. and adrenaline. <clears throat> we know that it helps you do better on tests. And so when you're anxious and worried before a test, you can be like, oh, yeah, we're going <laughs> to anxiety is actually going to help you on that test. We want you to have some of that, that oof going into it. It's just when you stay in that fight or flight, when your sympathetic nervous system goes on overdrive and you are staying in that place for too long, that's the point where we're like, okay, we got to pull you back down. Right. Yeah. We're not meant to live all of our life in fight or flight. So it's be bursts. Exactly. Well, you're the um, best, Alice. This has been amazing. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so proud of all of you. And I'm so super supportive of, of what y'all are doing and what a great ministry opportunity this is. I just know your words of wisdom are going to be such a gift to them. So really thank you for taking the time this morning. Absolutely. I'm so happy to do it, y'all. Thank you for having me. All right, y'all. That wraps up our week two anxiety podcast with Alice. That was amazing. I feel like I have so much to take home from that and just like so much to think about and so many new ways to help combat anxiety, which is really exciting. There's a section in this particular week where she's talking about friendship and just like finding friends. And that can be really hard in college. Like your friends fluctuate and change, but we would encourage y'all if you feel like you're having a hard time finding friends as you are is actually a really great place to get plugged into community. Um, There's girls from different sororities and even like not at UGA, but at our expansion schools, like girls in different grades. And it can just be a really cool way to meet people. And so we highly encourage y'all, like if you haven't been to Bible study, but you found this podcast, or if you haven't gone in months, like go back. You're always welcome. The door is always open. And the whole reason we started this ministry to begin with was to help create a place where girls can experience life-giving community. So that's just our heart behind this podcast, behind as you are in general, like we want you to be able to find community because we know how challenging that can be in college. We've had people email in too. If you're like, I don't even know where they meet, like go ahead and email us or send us a DM and we can help get you plugged in to the leaders, whatever school you're at, like help you find out where Bible study is happening and what time, all those things. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask us. We would be happy to provide all of that information. Yes. You know, the thing that stood out to me about this half of the interview was the Mm -hmm. worry time that she talked about. And Mm -hmm. I mean, she was like, I know this is cheesy because she knows that like nobody can make themselves only worry for one hour a day. But I, yeah. I think that the point and what I've taken away from it is that anxiety feels like it's taking control away from you. So you can take some of that control back by saying, okay, I am going to keep 
my thoughts focused on positive things or the work I'm doing as best as I can during these other hours of the day. But then towards, you know, the end of the day or whenever you want to set your worry time, I'm going to allow myself to go there, like create a safe space, maybe like go for a walk or maybe light a candle and get your journal out. Honestly, it could be a walk with a friend and you can use that worry time to talk to your friend Mm -hmm. or you could like merge your worry time with your quiet time if you wanted and take that worry to God. I think both would be really helpful. Both are something that you should do. Like I... I take all of my worries to God in prayer, and then I also take all my worries to my mom. So I think that (laughs) you don't have to do exactly what we say, but it was a really helpful idea to me to take back some of that control by putting parameters on how much I let myself feel anxious and stressed about these certain topics that get fixated in my brain. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Also, like on top of that, we just want to encourage y'all, like the Lord promises us over and over and again in the Bible that like he is a God of peace. He is a God of comfort. And so if you feel like I'm really struggling with anxiety, I feel alone. I feel forgotten by God. Like just know you're not alone. You're not forgotten. And even before going for a walk or having a worried time, calling a friend, like we can cling to God's promises because they're true. He promises that he's not going to lead us alone. He promises to uh, work all things for good and those those can feel like hard sometimes to, to cling on to because it yeah especially in the midst of anxiety it's like what okay what does that even mean but I just want to yeah. encourage y'all like what the bible says is true and what God says is true and he promises to be with us and to comfort us in first Peter 5 7 he says cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you like we get to turn to him and cast our anxieties on him because he cares for us. You know, the God of the universe cares about you personally. He cares about the anxieties that you're walking through. He cares about your day to day. And so when it feels like you're alone and like nobody is looking out for you, that's just not true. I love the word cast too because it feels like you're like throwing them. Like like I'm getting yeah, rid of them. Awesome. Yeah, like cast them on <laughs> him. You know, it's not like you have to like, box them up all beautifully and be like, these are all of the things I'm worried about. Like it, it reminds yeah. me of almost like word vomit, like just cast them all on Jesus because he cares for you and he is big enough to handle it. But we have to trust that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And when Alice was talking earlier, she mentioned um, the verse about renewing your mind. And that mm-hmm. comes from Romans 12. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. And that renewing of your mind is talking about this, casting your cares on the Lord. And as you practice trusting him and as you practice obeying him and as you put all of your hope in him, your mind is transformed to think more like he thinks and to want what he wants. And, and, it's just part of the process. It's, mm. No one said it was going to be easy, Yeah, but we have a good God, like she said, that cares about us and wants good for us. We get to participate in that. We can see every moment of anxiety or every fear or honestly every hiccup in our life as an opportunity for faith. And I know that, you know, that is, of course, not easy to do. So I don't want to minimize anyone's pain, but as somebody who's been through a lot of hiccups, I will say that trusting the Lord through them has been a really faith building exercise for me. And Mm -hmm. also talking to my friends, my close friends, like that inner circle of friends that she's talking about, the bullseye, 
yeah, talking to them about what I'm going through in my life and what I'm learning in my faith has been a really uplifting experience for me too. Yeah, I completely agree. When I was in college, having panic attacks, not being able to like get out of it myself, but having my roommates come and pray for me um, was a huge blessing. Like that was yeah community helping me walk through anxiety. So I feel like there's lots of different things that Alice said that are so helpful and like amazing tools. Yeah, we actually have in our As You Are Bible study curriculum at the very end, we have some extra resources and we actually have a list of Bible verses that are really helpful to memorize and meditate on when it comes to anxiety. Mm -hmm. There's one that I really like. I know, Anna, you've talked about reciting this one too, but Matthew 6, 25, Mm -hmm. it says... Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Hmm. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Hmm. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. So that's um, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And just write that down yeah. and meditate over it because it's true. What he's saying is people are anxious. We just tend to be. We worry about money. We worry about what we look like. We worry about what job we're going to get or what friends we're going to have. And so it's not bad to worry. It's not um, unnatural to worry. But... God's saying, hey, when I am with you, you don't need to worry. You, Like Anna was saying, there's another verse that talks about casting your cares upon the Lord. So yeah. it's, it's something that he's offering to us is that freedom from anxiety. And so that's why I love how this goes so hand in hand with building our faith because we're going to keep experiencing worry mm-hmm. and maybe even anxiety, maybe even depression. But as we give those things back to the Lord and say, okay, I care about this or this is bothering me or this is scaring me, but here you go. I surrender it to you, God. Then we're linking hands with him and he's taking that burden from us. So it's yeah. a huge part of our faith. So I think it's really cool that there's some really practical things that we can do to help ease our mind and and ease the physical symptoms of anxiety. And then there's some spiritual things you can do to strengthen your heart and mind against anxiety. So this is like a yeah. all-out attack on anxiety. We're like, bye-bye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And it's cool, like that verse that you shared. I just love it kind of ties into what Alice was saying too. Like anxiety is not a bad emotion. Like even Jesus is addressing like, Hey, you're going to be anxious. Like he's addressing the anxiety and he's redirecting our attention back to him in that verse, which I think is really cool. And that's kind of what Alice is saying too, of like anxiety is going to happen. It's going to come up, but like, how can we redirect it? And 
look to Jesus, like try and come up with ways to handle anxiety and not be afraid of anxiety. If we're afraid of anxiety, that's only going to create more anxiety. Yeah. I'm so grateful to enter into this topic and to have a professional to be able to speak into it. And then me, you, Anna, and Virginia, who have all struggled with anxiety to be able to sort of talk about it and get it out in the open here. Because if any of you girls are feeling anxious, we just want you to know that you're not alone. So Mm -hmm. don't forget to go check out the resources at the end of our curriculum. The um, PDF for that is actually linked on our website. So if you go to ayaministries.com, you can click the PDF for our Bible study, and then you can scroll down to the very bottom. And the last page is is where all the anxiety resources are. So definitely do that. Don't forget that at the end of the day, Alice gave some really good advice. This is like a three-step thing that I wrote down and put in my notes, but um, take a deep breath, deep, slow breaths, go for a walk, and talk to God. And the -hmm. specific reasons why from just like a brain standpoint are you take deep slow breaths to get your body back to equilibrium you just want that oxygen back in your body number two you go for a walk because you want to burn off the adrenaline that's built up in your body and three you talk Mm -hmm. to god because you want to release those things from your mind back to him and have that freedom that he promises us so those are three really practical ways that you can go through um processing your anxiety in the moment But like we mentioned before, we definitely think that seeing a Christian counselor is so helpful. So if you want to get connected with somebody, just shoot us an email and we'll do our best to get you connected with somebody in your area. That's awesome. Yep. Um, Emily, to close us, will you pray? Sure. God, we love you so much. And anxiety is one of those subjects that has gotten so talked about but really the root of it is that we're afraid of losing control but we never really had control so I just pray that today you would remind us that you do have control and you do love us and you you want to teach us as we're walking through all these different parts of our lives the up the ups and the downs are possible to be used for your purposes and would you just show us what you're teaching us right now in this walk of life and would you continue to help us latch on to you for our security rather than our control or our circumstances we love you in jesus name we pray amen amen All right. Well, that's all we have for you today, but we have an exciting series coming up. We're actually going to be interviewing all of the As You Are founders. If you don't know that much about As You Are, you're going to know more after this series. So that's coming up soon, and we can't wait to share with you. These girls are seriously amazing. They're awesome. It's going to be a good one. All right. We'll see y'all next Sunday. See ya. Bye.